Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Everybody talks about the weather. Nobody does anything about it. We're going to apply this oft-quoted quip to sustainability on Access Utah today. Many of us believe that universal and individual changes are needed to ensure a sustainable and healthy life for us all, but do we walk the talk? We're going to ask you what changes you've made in your daily life, what you're doing right now to make the world more sustainable. We'll ask you for suggestions on how we can all make small or big changes in our lives to promote sustainable living. And our guests include Cache Valley residents Charles and Christina Ashurst. Uh, Charles, welcome to the program. And uh, you'll recognize that name. Charles is a frequent uh, commenter on our programs. We appreciate that. Thanks. Um, and Christina, thanks. Welcome to the program. You're welcome. We also have with us uh, Rosalind Brain. Uh, she's been on the program before. She's assistant professor at USU, Sustainable Communities Extension Specialist. Welcome back. Thank you. And Jim Goodwin returns to the program. He uh, wears several hats, co-chair of the Bioneers in, uh, in northern Utah here, on the board of the Bear River Watershed Council, and for the city of Logan on the Renewable Energy and Conservation Advisory Board. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Tom. Uh, So before we get started into uh, our topic for today, and we have a a comment already, so appreciate that. By the way, you can uh, comment. We'd love to hear your personal experience. That's what we're talking about, at least to begin with. We'll start micro and then perhaps go macro as we go along with this important subject in our lives. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page, and you can uh, comment or ask a question via email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. But we start, as we often do, with the unfinished business from yesterday. Recall yesterday we uh, responded to a federal judge's ruling effectively decriminalizing polygamy in Utah. We talked with Jonathan Turley, the attorney representing the Cody Brown family, which brought that suit. And then we talked with uh, a woman who had grown up in an FLDS community. At age uh, Later on, she escaped that community and uh, testified against Warren Jeffs and other FLDS leaders in Texas. Her book is uh, Witness War Red. Rebecca Musser is her name. And we had a comment from Charles Eschurst. And this is a kind of an odd experience for me. I'm, I'm sitting mm-hmm. right next to the commenter. I'm going to read this, and, and we'll get further comment from Charles Eschurst if you would like. He responded on our Facebook page. He says, religious freedom versus societal well-being is, like with everything else, a balancing act of legitimate competing values. It's not right versus wrong so much as rightness, wrongness uh, versus rightness, rightness, wrongness, A versus rightness, wrongness, B. I have some deep concerns about a polygamous society, kind of like with other critters, where you have a few winner-take-all males with harems. Males are obligated or obliged to put a whole lot of their energy into winning the must-have prize of uh, getting to have their genes carried forward into the next generation. Humans have been trending in the other direction, with males easing up a tad on sexual competition, being more into cooperative ventures, and uh, hasn't worked out. Uh, hasn't that worked out pretty well for humanity? I guess uh, you argue that it has worked uh, too well for us, and we're in peril from our own fantastic success as a monogamous species. Still, I'm not ready to switch over to another biological strategy just yet. That's Charles Asherist on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. Well, in peril from our own fantastic success, I guess that's a pretty good segue into sustainability. We were looking for a segue. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, So you can still comment on uh, polygamy, but we're uh, making transition into uh, sustainability. Let's uh, let's jump into, uh, this is a uh, 
good long email from uh, Jean Lown, a friend of all of us, uh, a professor up here at uh, Utah State University. Uh, she's been very active in air quality, for example, and sustainability issues. I'll split this up, but Jean, hope that's okay. This She responded by email to upraxis.gmail.com. She says, sustainability is simply living within your means, within the capability of the earth to support us, similar to spending less than you earn. A very simple concept. If you are in debt, except for modest educational debt, which is an investment in human capital, you're living beyond your means and, very likely, living beyond your share of the earth's capacity. Start with your biggest impact on the earth. More than two kids. You're putting a burden on future generations because those American kids will use far more of their share of the world's resources. Don't believe what the mortgage broker and real estate agents say about how much house you can afford. They will get paid their large commissions up front and don't care if you can afford that huge house in the long run. Anyone remember the housing bubble? Large houses are unsustainable. You aren't going to balance your budget by cutting out... uh, um, I can't read that word. Uh, start with your largest expense, housing. Large houses use more resources to build more energy to maintain. She says, we live in a modest house with a small yard, one mile from work, so I can ride my bike or walk. This is our third residence in Logan, all chosen for their close proximity to work, uh, so I did not have to drive. We'll get to more of Jean's uh, email later on. Uh, so let's start with uh, Christina Ashurst. Um, and uh, I believe you can give us some examples of how you and Charles walk the talk, as it were. What What are some things you do in your in your life and at home to uh, to make the world more sustainable? Well, we don't use gas snow blower. We use the electric one. We use the electric lawnmower, and then we don't drive a V eight cars. We drive a V four because I know my husband will not help me if it's V six. <laughs> <laughs> and then we use a plug in hybrid car. And I want to back up. Your, your husband won't help you if it's a visa. So in uh, mechanical, you won't fix the car, Charles, if it's... Oh, she wanted a, a Honda Pilot, I believe, and that was a V6. Mm-hmm. And, and I sort of said, no, no V6. <laughs> okay, so so you settled to Christine on, on the V4. Okay. And I understand later on why. Yeah. And then we do composting. We do grow our own food organically. And then we store our own food. And then... Um, we use rake, regular rakes, in raking the leaves instead of using blowers, mm-hmm. you know. And then, what's this? Um, we're not heating up the house so high. We're not even heating up the basement. If we feel cold, we just bundle up ourselves. And then we combine all our errands. And then, um, what's this? Uh, for the light bulbs, instead of using more than two, Light bulbs on one chandelier, we change it into one. So, uh, just as long we we can see the light, the house, it's a lot better for us. <laughs> we can save the money on this, and then today, if we, in fact, we found out we have a negative utility billing. You do? Yes, we do have a negative utility how, billing. How, how does that work? Uh, we have uh, solar panels. We have 2,400 watts of solar panels, and uh, we're grid-tied. So if we're producing electricity, we get uh, a negative electricity bill. Mm. Uh, Charles, we'll get into this a little later. I, I know you want to say some words about uh, how living sustainably can uh, actually make sense with with your costs, reducing your costs, and, and how we need to bake those costs in. Well, let's bring in a caller. This is Brad. 
uh, in Logan, I believe, Cache Valley area, I believe. Uh, Brad, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, calling. Uh, go no ahead problem. for your question or comment. Well, that was a, that was a great segue um, because uh, I converted my uh, little car to run on electricity this year. Um, we've been driving around for about three months, and it's been saving us a whole ton of money, uh, not, you know, let alone just energy in general. Uh, total project took about $6,000, about what you'd expect to pay for a normal car. Um, but we spend about two cents per mile, uh, you know, driving around town. Which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but this is a topic that's very important to my wife and I. And, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, going into the future, we're, we're planning on building a, uh, a passive house. Hmm. Which, uh, Explain that. It's uh, super insulated. So um, you take it to quite the extreme, actually. Um, that way, the energy demand for heating and cooling the house is very, very small. And the uh, amount of energy it takes to actually heat and cool is, uh, is the standard at which um, you get accredited for passive house. Now, there's about 20,000 of these over in Europe, and they're doing really, really well. Hmm. Um, That's an interesting concept. We would be the, yeah. be the second uh, passive house in Utah. You'd uh, be the, the second in Utah. Started our project. Okay. Uh, and and so I imagine that would uh, save a lot on energy bills. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, uh, getting down to net zero energy would be quite easy with just a few solar panels. Hmm. Um, we're, we're talking about a ninety percent reduction uh, reduction in in energy cost for heating and cooling. Hmm. So I'm interested, Brad, in, and I'm going to ask all my guests here as well. I'll start with you. Um, what's your motivation? What, why, why are you doing these things? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, I, I really think we uh, have a, a short-term memory in our society. And, um, you know, I hope our species lasts longer than this uh, century. But if we're going to have our children's children have as good of a lifestyle as we have, we really need to be thinking about um, consuming uh, all these finite resources. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I, I grew up in Utah and uh, was part of the scouting program. Um, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Leave No Trace camping. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm striving for the Leave No Trace living. Interesting. Ultimately. Um, you know, leave the planet in a better condition than you found it in. That was my motivation, too. It was, I learned this in... In scouting is where I got my environmentalism. Leave the campground in better shape than you found it. That's exactly it. Yeah, and uh, just take that to the macro scale, scale, and if everyone contributed just a little bit. I mean, these are things that that cost a little bit more money to do, but they have huge, not only economic payoffs, but uh, energy consumption payoffs as well. You know, I'm glad you mentioned electric vehicles, uh, because that's important also not only for... uh, carbon emissions but for our own local air quality Absolutely. problems too mm-hmm. and uh, we just got a plug-in hybrid uh, ford c-max and uh, oh it's just great mm. yeah so brad well, I, I, uh, sorry uh, just another question for you sure. uh kind of the impetus for the show the genesis of this show i was kind of thinking of that kind of that disconnect between macro and micro and of uh, um and so you you think about the, the the macro level, but does that translate for most people into into your daily life? And I think for a lot of people, there you compartmentalize. 
You obviously don't. You're bringing well, that concern into your personal life. I wonder how, how that happens and maybe how that happens for more, more people. Uh, I, I really wish I had a, a clear-cut answer for that. Um, I, I went through a period of my life where uh, I had to rethink a lot of my priorities um, about four years ago. Um, and I just stepped back and, and took a second and decided what is really important to me. And I uh, started from from scratch to decide, uh, you know, what is what are what things are good and what things are bad. Uh, silly as that sounds, you know, I, I just started from from scratch and, and built up a morality from there. Hmm. Uh, and part of what came out of that uh, process is that uh, we are a social species. I wouldn't be where I am without someone else, uh, without uh, the people before me, um, you know, setting up society so that I can thrive. And I want to continue that trend only, you know, everyone wants to say that they want their children to have a better life than they did. Um, and that's, uh, that's a good that's point. where I arrived yeah. at, too. The choices we're making right now are, are uh, going to make or break the world that their grandchildren will get. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, not to get too, uh, too macro on you, but, you know, this is the only planet that we know of that has life, let alone intelligent life. And it would be a real shame if we were to to cause our own, you know, premature uh, extinction or uh, uh, disillusion with uh, exploring. Um, I don't know. It's almost like we have a, a duty to uh, thrive and survive, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to ourselves, let alone the rest of the universe. Well, uh, Brad, really appreciate the call. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you could take my call. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting points. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, uh, we'll bring in uh, Jim Goodwin and uh, Rosalind Brain. Uh, Jim, I'll ask you, uh, when we come out of break, we were talking before we went on the air, um, that I guess there's there's more pressure on those who uh, you know believe in climate change, believe in that we need sustainability, more pressure on because that is not, that's not everybody, right? And uh, it almost gets into a kind of a, you know, debating religious faith, it seems like. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more issues of sustainability. We'll talk about how this uh, uh, gets into economic questions. Charles Ashurst has some uh, comments on that and uh, bring in much more on this topic. We're asking you, do you walk the talk on sustainability? What changes have you made in your daily life? What are you doing right now to make the world more sustainable? What suggestions do you have for us to make small or big changes in our lives to promote sustainable living? More following brief break. Next time on Living on Earth, how bikes help create communities that work for people. In general, a city that's very bikeable and walkable is more livable. There's fewer vehicles from an environmental perspective, and it's the kind of city that we want to see. But riders face challenges in winter in snowy cities. I'm Steve Kerwood, and that's next time on Living on Earth from PRI. Stay tuned. Living on Earth is coming up today at 10 o'clock on Utah Public Radio, and programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan, open Monday through Saturday until 3, with a selection of holiday cookies, including chocolate, lemon, and cranberry diamonds. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about sustainability. Everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. That's uh, an oft-quoted quip that's uh, 
much attributed to Mark Twain. I was doing a little reading on this yesterday, and uh, there's some um, debate about that. But anyway, uh, that gets us into uh, our uh, topic for today, which is walking the talk. A lot of us talk about sustainability. A lot of us believe that we need to make changes on a macro scale, governmental, universal scale, but also, and maybe more importantly, on an individual micro scale. And we're focusing more on that micro, although if you'd like to talk about the macro, you're certainly welcome to do that. We're asking you what changes you've made in your daily life, what you're doing right now to make the world more sustainable. And we're asking you for your suggestions, how we can make small or big changes in our lives to promote sustainable living. Um, Christina Ashurst, you said before we went on the air that something quoted your husband. Someone has to start it. Yes. So, Charles, that, what, what do you mean by that? Somebody has to start well, it seems like that's always the case, isn't it, that uh, whenever you have a, a needed change, somebody has to start it. And uh, it's it's always kind of going upstream, you know, like if you had a – if you lived in a world of thieves and you were the only person who uh, was not being a thief, it would be kind of foolish. Well, it's kind of the same thing if – in renewable energy, too. You know, if you're going to be the first one, it doesn't really make a whole lot of practical sense. And everybody has brilliant reasons for why it, what you're doing is silly. Uh, but, you know, somebody does have to be first. So so the first few have to operate more out of idealism, I guess, and then the others are Right, fall. yeah. I yeah. think idealism is the start, but it's not enough. And I th- hopefully maybe we can get to that later. Mm-hmm. The idealism isn't enough to... We, we sort of need to go to the next step, I guess. Yeah. I'd like to just comment yeah, this, on that. Um, yeah. So one thing that really, in being deeply embedded in the world of sustainability and running a statewide program, I really dislike the, the mindset of sustainability and sustainable behaviors equals loss. And I really disagree with that. We gain so much by biking to work, for example, or by changing some of our dietary habits or our shopping habits. There is a lot that you can gain in your everyday life, which I can go into detail on. And I, I really steer away from, from the change equals loss, sustainability changes equals loss. And um, I do agree that change is difficult. We're creatures of habit. And in our everyday lives, uh, you have this set routine and any change, whether it's a positive change that's going to positively affect your health, like working out, etc., you're always giving up something that you used to do in that same time slot to now engage in that new behavior. And so the initial change is difficult to make and to commit to, but what you can gain out of living a sustainable lifestyle is a giant payoff that's important to keep in mind when considering what you can do to uh, not only improve your environment, but improve your social life, improve your entire living situation, and um, living within your means, like Jean Lown had mentioned in that comment, I think is really important to consider. And there's a lot of of mental and social well-being to be gained with living that type of a lifestyle. Mm. Let me uh, tell people how you can um, respond to the program, then we'll follow up with uh, what Rosenbrain just said. You can join this discussion. We hope that you will with your question or comment. We'd love to get examples from your life with suggestions, or uh, maybe you want to push back. Tell us uh, you know, why you're not living sustainable and, and why you think people should not do that. Uh, 
it really uh, doesn't matter. We'd just love to have your comment. The number is 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495. Toll free from anywhere you're listening. Uh, you can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. Um, and you can join us by email to upraxis at gmail.com. Upraxis at gmail.com. So Rosalind Brain uh, just commented there. She is uh, Sustainable Communities Extension Specialist at Utah State University. So what are some specific examples? I'm interested in you're saying that living some of these lifestyles or some of this uh, can actually help us. And uh, You know, when I think about sure. biking to work, mm-hmm. I think about the few times I've done it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've come up the hill exhausted and I have to take the first half hour just to lie on the floor and, you know, and, <laughs> right. and recover. I guess if I did it every day, it would, it, would, it would make me more healthy. So what are some examples? Yeah, and biking is a great one. So I could start there. And um, first, I w- I'd like to say that living sustainability or sustainably is living an ethic, not a set of rigid rules. And so always keeping in mind the environmental impact and um in your everyday behaviors, but there's going to be times where you will drive to work, but just being conscious of, of trying to live a sustainable lifestyle. And so with biking to work, we, we all live in this inversion area and where we have PM 2.5 pollution, which is primarily a combination of methane emissions and vehicle emissions. And uh, PM pollution is actually ranked as the 13th leading cause of mortality worldwide. So approximately 800,000 annual deaths um, are associated with PM pollution. And so in 2004, a lot of people, I didn't live in Logan at that time, um, but a lot of people can remember that year as uh, in northern Utah, it was reported to have the nation's worst ever PM 2.5 air pollution. So that's in, in the nation. Uh, can I just in, interject here uh, I wish we would hear more about uh, uh, electric vehicles as a way to deal with that. It seems like right. that hardly ever gets mentioned. Yeah, right. and and so uh, alternative vehicle choices is a major part of that. And uh, for me, I try to bike as often as possible to work. And I live close to my work, which makes that convenient. And I actually live now down in USU Moab. And so biking is very easy for me. I don't have a hill to deal with. But up here in Logan, there's the free transit system. And so when I lived here, I would bike to the transit center and then uh, take the bus up the hill most of the time. I like to say that I biked up the hill often, but Mm -hmm. it it is a difficult feat. And so um, we do have the advantage of the the free hill. And um, there's a study that I really... Uh, like drawing from that recently came out in 2012 from Portland State University stating that the happiest commuters are those that uh, walk or bike to work. And so I looked at overall well-being of associated with modes of transportation. And so light rail was third happiest, um, or sorry, bus was third, light rail was fourth, and last was driving alone associated with overall well-being and happiness. So what do you gain from biking? You gain combining physical fitness with your mode of transportation. So increased cardiovascular fitness, strength, balance and flexibility, um, better cognition. Research has shown that biking is associated with better cognition, increased energy, and you're not emitting these um, particulate matter pollution into the atmosphere that's causing this 2.5 particulate matter um, that we're all trying to... Um, avoid. Yeah, we're certainly heading into that season. We're already seeing the the effects. I have a couple of callers. First, I want to bring in Jim Goodwin. He's been waiting patiently uh, half an hour now into the program. Uh, what what uh, what's on your mind, Jim? Well, I was just thinking what uh, 
Charles was saying about electric vehicles, and that'll be a segue into something that I think is uh, really important. Electric vehicles are wonderful. Um, and if you plug in at home in uh, Utah, most of the power is coming from uh, coal-fired uh, power plants. Or solar panels. Well, or <laughs> solar panels, but not many, unfortunately, not many people have solar panels. So it's mostly coal-fired power plants. So probably not much of a net gain there. However, on the, uh, I said on the Renewable Energy and Conservation uh, Advisory Board for the City of Logan, and we're a small group of, of I think, 14 of us uh, working on renewable energy opportunities uh, for the City of Logan. And one thing we're trying to push forward is more renewable energy acquisitions. So in the case of electric cars, um, wouldn't it be nice to uh, plug in and know that that uh, energy came from uh, solar panels, uh, wind turbines, um, biomass, geothermal, things like that. Um, and Logan, and, and, and I, would, I would urge all of our listeners to talk to our new mayor, Craig Peterson, and our city council and those on the power board um, and tell them that Logan City needs more renewable energy. You know, they get very little of their energy um, from renewable sources. And an advantage that we have is that we have our own uh, Logan Light and Power company. We're our own utility. So we're not beholding to Rocky Mountain Power or anybody else. If we want to go do it, um, we can go do it. So why don't we? Well, we've been a coal state um, forever. Um, And... Needless to say, uh, big fossil fuel companies are not going to go away uh, easily. Um, all their net worth is in the ground, whether it's coal or oil or natural gas, and they intend to uh, use all those resources. Um, so it really gets down to uh, political will, um, wanting to make a change. And one of the old uh, objections, and I say old because it's really not very relevant anymore, is Um, something called baseline energy and understandably uh, municipalities want to be able to turn the lights on when they want to turn the lights on in other words sometimes they would say in the past that uh, well the wind isn't blowing so we don't have any power or the sun's not shining so we don't have any power but those days um, are gone if if you have read uh, or seen on television the gigantic solar and wind farms that are going in uh, in a great many places in the United States. And the truth is, is an electron is an electron. And when it gets into the system, um, you know, it, it does. So we're not going to have any, uh, Logan's not going to have any gaps in energy by plugging into uh, big renewable sources. So that's, a, that's something that might have been true a number of years ago. It's just not true now. So my, we can use some help. So we need uh, political will drives everything. So Talk to your new mayor. Talk to your city council people. If you know people on the power board, talk to them. Um, and let's get this changed. We have a huge opportunity here in Logan. We have our own utility. How great is that? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Jim Goodwin. We have three calls uh, stacked up, so I appreciate you being uh, patient. We'll get to you right to, well, I was going to say right now, but in a couple seconds. I just wanted to say um, let us know how things are going in your community as well. If you don't live in Cache Valley area. I'm interested to hear how things are going in Moab. I don't know mm-hmm. how long you've been in, in Moab, Roslyn, but uh, if we get time, we'll talk a bit about that. And there's some interesting things happening mm-hmm. on, on this issue in, in Moab. Let's go first to uh, Preston in Hiram. Preston, uh, glad you called. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. 
Yeah, I just had a comment about uh, how, what my wife and I are doing in our daily life to live a little bit more sustainably. Yes. Um, it, it's something that came to me, what was put into words from a, a conversation, a radio interview with Michael Pollan uh, earlier this year. That and, and I guess one of the obstacles to, to sustainability is consumerism. And Michael Pollan was saying, you know, what, what's wrong with coming home from work and instead of spending your money, uh, doing something productive, whether it's woodworking or cooking is, was the topic at hand there. And I just feel like that's the kind of change that could be very simple and actually make a difference as far as rather than working as much as we can or as little as we can to make as much as we can and spend it, why not do a little bit more producing in our lives? Very interesting. Uh, thanks you for that, Preston. Yeah. Appreciate those examples. And I would agree, Tom. Um, how much fun is that? It's wonderful mm-hmm. to cook at home. It's wonderful to woodwork. It's wonderful to garden. Um, it's good for you. It's good for your brain. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get to the next calls, I want to bring in uh, Charles here. It's kind of a good segue to, to something I know you have on your mind, and that is costing in some of these things. It, it, it can be cost-effective if we'll, if we'll work it that way. Yeah, right? it, <clears throat> it's often sort of... Uh, cast as uh, you've got your uh, free market capitalists over here and you've got your renewable energy people over here. And, and the, the probably the biggest uh, thing I get accused of is being a socialist. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm here to say that I am a huge fan of capitalism. The, the, the really great aspect of capitalism is that it encourages people to be cost conscious. And the basic train wreck that has been unfolding throughout my adult life is that we have an energy marketplace that doesn't know its costs and doesn't want to know its cost and goes out of its way to avoid knowing its costs. You know, uh, we have our governor, uh, his policy objective is low-cost energy. Well, how can you know if you have low-cost energy, if you don't know your costs, what are the costs of greenhouse gases? Mm-hmm. We need to find out what the costs of greenhouse gases are, and we need to incorporate that into the energy market. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, there's no one that needs to get in between you and the energy marketplace. That's Charles. Your comment has provoked, uh, I know, responses from Rosalind and, and Jim. I ask you to both be brief because we want to get to our callers. So, uh, sure. Rosalind first. So just real quick on that, um, going back to electric cars, looking at that versus the cost of a normal car. And um, each gallon of gasoline that our cars emit is um, it usually emits 8,887 8, grams, almost 20 pounds of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Riding your bike, for example, or using an alternative mode of transportation does not have that emission except for breathing but we also breathe while we drive our car so mm-hmm. yeah jim yeah and the fossil fuel industry has always benefit benefited from what i call apples and oranges um pricing um you know we as charles said we don't really know uh what the true cost of using fossil fuels is i mean how many mm-hmm. people are sick how many people die from it what's that worth mm-hmm. um that's never brought back into the cost of per kilowatt hour mm. And that's all fossil fuel uses, which Uh, is... uh, One way to look at it is what happens to an enterprise when they don't know what their costs are? Right. They tend to go out of business, right? Yeah, unless they get a government subsidy, which is... Yeah. Fossil fuel does. Anyway. So you're... And I think you're... 
your point is, you know, we, we all will go out of business in, <laughs> in right. the long run. Uh, let's get to our uh, callers. Uh, and uh, the next one up is uh, Randy in Belleville. Thanks for waiting patiently, Randy. Go ahead with your question or comment. Well, first of all, thank you for having this program. Uh, it couldn't be more important than on a day like today in Cache Valley. Uh, I, I would like to, to say that, that uh, I do believe that the individual can make a difference. Oftentimes, uh, you uh, you hear that, uh, you know, nothing we do is going to make a difference if I do anything, and that whether it be with regard to things like emissions testing or the individual acting on their own in their home. Uh, we've we've installed uh, done, done a lot of things that are are really old school in our home. We planted uh, fir trees on the north side of our house and deciduous trees on the south side. Uh, uh, we have a, a passive solar house with a long overhang, so the low winter sun can come in. The high winter sun is shielded out, built into a hillside so that you can walk out the bottom story, but the rest of the house is insulated by by the earth and. Uh, and then in our business, we just installed uh, LED lighting that has uh, less than a three-year payback for the whole system, and the bulbs will pay for themselves in less than a year. Yeah, uh, and it's color correct, unlike the old school uh, LEDs. Oh, that's uh, wonder. That's wonderful, uh, Randy. I want to follow. Yes. I want to follow up with something you said. It, it sometimes we think of the problem as so big that we get paralysis, and you're saying you just start somewhere, do something. I think I hear you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we started recycling 40 years ago, uh, and uh, we were recycling as a business and in our home, and we were also taking our customers recycling in, and it was terrifically expensive for us. Uh, but now we have a countywide free. Uh, uh, I mean, not free, but countywide uh, recycling. It's just just amazing. Who would have thought 40 years ago that that would ever happen in Cash Valley? A countywide free bus system unheard of 40 years ago uh but somebody had to start somebody had to support it and uh and we look back now and and we made tremendous product progress in some of these uh these measures uh the the epa's uh guidelines on fuel efficiency for cars made a huge impact just huge impact uh in spite of uh you know the fact that more people have moved in and things have gotten worse if that had, if the EPA hadn't taken those first steps, uh, I can't even imagine what it would be like to live here now. Well, thank you for that, Randy. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll go uh, next to Keith in St. George. Keith, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Do we have Do we have Keith? House. That's, oh, uh, yes. There you go. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. Okay, we live in a house for twenty four years with the extra thick walls. And uh, it's unbelievable how low our heat bill is. And But when we were just over to uh, Carson City, Nevada, and Harry Reid, the uh, congressman, is advertising about, call his office, about all the solar uh, green jobs he creates. And everywhere we went, we saw solar collectors in Nevada. I don't see that in Utah. I don't know if he's got a special deal for Nevada, but we really need to look at, at uh, like Carson Valley is the same as far north as Salt Lake. And uh, I was really impressed by being over there. And that's the comment. Okay, thank you, Keith. Appreciate Bye-bye. that. 
So, Charles, you you've got solar panels. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. What do, do you get? Did tax discounts for those? Is there a program like that, or do you have to bear the full cost, or what? Uh, we got a government uh, uh, tax rebate, I think it was, on our first system, but we paid the full freight mm-hmm. on our second. But the and uh, I can't tell you how many people have been resentful of that. Uh, I'm being taxed to pay for your solar panels. <laughs> now, now, does your do you tell your neighbors about your negative um, electric bill, and uh, are they motivated then to get their own solar panels? Well, uh, yeah, a few have. They're showing up, but you know, I have to, I have to tell you the truth here. A few people putting up solar panels is not going to address the basic train wreck that we have an energy marketplace that is not accounting for its costs, mm-hmm. the costs of greenhouse gas emissions. How that we, has to be fixed, and the crunch time is coming. How do we, what, what's the solution? How do, we, how do we build those costs in? How do we find out those costs? Well, a carbon tax or a cap and trade, mm-hmm. and that has been, cap and trade has worked reasonably well for sulfur dioxide. It seems like a good concept to deal with carbon dioxide. Hmm. Well, we can, the, remember, yeah, we can remember a number of years ago with the ozone hole, and finally we decided that that was uh, something that was quite serious, and the world got busy on knocking off chlorofluorocarbons, and uh, things got better. So we can do this. Um, let's uh, go to our next caller, who is uh, Tom in Logan. Sounds like we'll have to have uh, Tom call back. Uh, we lost you there, Tom, so apologize for that. Uh, do please call back. The number to call is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. And uh, you can also reach us by email to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. We do have uh, more of that email from Gene Lowne. We'll get to that as we have time. We have. Uh, you can also comment on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. We're asking you, what are you doing in your life? To, uh, to make the world more sustainable. What suggestions do you have for us? Anything in that field, uh, we'd love to, uh, to get your comment. 1-800-826-1495, upraxis at gmail.com, our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. This has come in on our Facebook page from Dennis Hinkamp, good friend of uh, UPR. Uh, he says, good to hear from Randy, owner of Straw Ibis, uh, shows that you can make money and be sustainable. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, we had... Uh, I think uh, Jim recognized Randy right. as, oh, as, as well. Randy? Yeah, oh, that was Randy, yes. Yep. So thanks, Randy. So uh, Dennis has made clear who that is. And uh, we know that uh, Randy and Sally do walk the talk down there at uh, Straw. Yes, yeah, they sure do. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your employer, I know uh, Charles uh, Campbell Scientific, they've, they've done some interesting things. Yeah, uh, uh, Campbell Scientific has a 13-kilowatt uh, solar panel out in the par- parking lot. It's quite impressive. And uh, you were mentioning some other businesses. I think before we went in there, maybe maybe it was Jim. But there are some there are some businesses around that uh, certainly are embracing this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and so that's uh, definitely does help. So if you own a business, uh, call us and tell us what you're what you're doing. I think we have Tom and Logan back. Uh, Tom, apologize for dropping you there. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. Uh, thank you very much, Tom. Can you hear me? Okay. I, I can hear you. Yes. Fabulous. I I want to um, kind of expand on. Uh, <clears throat> Rosalind Brand's, uh, Brain's um, chat about uh, bicycling, um, 
there is uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, benefit, you know, as, as you said, they're, they're happy people, and I've been a commuter cyclist for four, about 40 years now, and um, I consider myself a very happy dude. <laughs> but the one thing I wanted to tell you, Tom, is that um, if you'll t- do that biking regime for two weeks up the top of that hill, that half an hour uh, recovery period will dwindle down to a couple of minutes and you'll okay. feel like a million bucks. All right. Well, that's good to get that encouragement. I lost uh, I lost yes. 40 pounds without doing anything but changing the way that I commuted or uh, got myself around town, and uh, I feel pretty proud of that. Yeah, I should I should jump in and, and do it uh, sort of my own free will. I was, uh, I don't know, you might call it bullied into it. No, more, more suggested into it by my colleague Lee Austin uh, a couple of years. <laughs> Bless his he, heart. he even provided the bike one year, so I said, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, and, the uh, other thing yeah, I, I want to say on, on a little more serious note is that um, there's a, there's a, are other things about um, <clears throat> bicycling in that you stay very much in touch with your community. You drive by with the radio on and the air conditioner blowing. You don't hear the 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 activities going on in your block. Um, you can't necessarily just give a quick hello or a quick chat with your neighbors. There's a whole lot of community building that goes along with that, and uh, mm-hmm. in addition to the environmental and health benefits. And I just um, I've been a bicycling advocate ever since I started doing it, and um, I can't do it enough. We've also got this uh, great bus system in Logan, and um, that has its environmental impacts, and for the life of me, I can't understand why people don't want a free ride to wherever they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did also want to say, at a personal level, at our home here, we have eliminated 50% of the turf grass, actually more than that. We use uh, part of that uh, and convert it to drip irrigation, so we've eliminated our landscape irrigation or water use by a good 80%, and we're going to eliminate another 25%. Well, we just did that the other day of the turf grass here, and um, we've also converted that into um, uh, utilizing uh, the, the area for uh, converted it into food production. So we've got uh, fresh stuff, fresh lettuce, salad pickings, and fresh vegetables here a good four or five months out of the year. Those are, those are some great suggestions. Appreciate that, Tom. Yeah, hey, thanks so much for having this conversation. Wanted to, I just wanted to, <laughs> yes. to echo Randy's comment on that, that this, is, I think, uh, it couldn't be more appropriate at a more appropriate time. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you. Thanks, everybody on the panel, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks, thanks, Tom. Uh, Tom is a, a, a happy guy. Yeah. <laughs> if you know him, and you could hear it right there. Yep. And maybe because of some of these practices. Rosalind, you want to say something? Sure. I, just going back to the macro versus micro, and so I just wanted to, to touch on that, because when I was thinking about what we do to, to walk our talk, and I, I came down with four major points, and one of them was biking that could have a very large impact, or using alternative modes of transportation. Uh, and then an, another major part is education. And so in running this statewide sustainability program, I've been working with Utah State University, Logan and Moab, the campus down in Moab, to transition some of the landscape into edible landscaping using permaculture principles. So mimicking natural ecosystems in a foodscape and uh, 
showing people easy ways to grow food and lower maintenance gardening styles and lower water usage and um, also running a statewide program linking farmers with chefs to reduce food miles and the carbon emissions associated with transportation of our food in uh, Utah, Utah Farm Chef Fork and then designing sustainability camps for kids because everyone knows that kids will be the ones growing up and making the next decisions in our society so if we can educate them about these major issues of sustainability our land air food water and energy and um, while they're young I think that's a, really essential and um, so the other two things that I, I just think about in my everyday behaviors that I model and try to model are um, red meat consumption is another one. And um, we do harvest our own game meat once every other year approximately, but um, never buy um, red meat from the grocery store because of the, the associated... Um, environmental impact with that and I could go into detail we have a free fact sheet online on meat wise eating habits with USU and lastly is plastic plastics a big elephant in our current society that has a giant environmental impact um, so I never buy plastic water bottles use plastic bags at the grocery store use plastic throwaway cutlery I don't like the easy excuse a lot of people um, make of I, well I care about bringing my own bags but I always forget well I've forgotten as well and what I do if you forget is just ask the produce section for a box and they you can load all your groceries into that box and carry that box outside and they're going to th recycle that box or throw it out anyway so you can also do that at your own household and it goes to the same part or potentially a better area. So um, th those are the three major things and I could go a lot more in depth in the stats and those but when, when I think about the bigger impact I could have it's that and I think it's really important to know these is issues are big but we can narrow them down to behaviors that do have an impact and a large impact and um, and so I teach some of that on my website extension sustainability with Utah State University well what's the website again it's uh, extension.usu.edu slash sustainability so okay. USU extension sustainability Jim I know you have a comment can I, can I get to this caller yeah, first yeah, and then we'll then we'll go to uh, um, Jim uh, Linda in North Logan. Uh, Linda, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Um, hi, I'm joining a little late. Maybe you've uh, talked about this, but uh, with this bond um, election that just went through and they're building new schools and retrofitting fitting old schools, have you heard any talk about um, them going uh, solar or doing any kind of alternative um, energy to uh, um, get catch up with the times here? Have you heard that? And if uh, do you know how we could find out if they're looking into that at all with the new schools. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Linda. Appreciate that. I I'm not aware of, uh, Jim, do you know uh, anybody where you can get, go to get that information of what they're going they to don't. do with those buildings? And they may not be that far along. Um, so there's another pressure point you could put on your government to to encourage them to do that. Yeah. That Now's the right time. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what was your comment before? I was going to add uh, another point to Rosalind's uh, four or five points, and it's both micro and macro. And uh, I'll get back to renewable energy for Logan. I think probably most people don't realize that when the city or any utility goes out to buy energy, they don't buy it for, you know, uh, they very rarely buy it on the spot market, but normally they are 10, 15, 20 year uh, purchases. So the world is changing immensely. And can you imagine buying a, a coal contract or a oil contract uh, for 15 or 20 years? You know, why would you want to do that when things are changing? So, again, my fifth point is is talk to our new mayor, talk to the city council, tell them you want more renewable energy in Logan. We can do this. We're our own utility. 
And we do have a couple more uh, comments uh, come in. This uh, another um, post on our Facebook page from Dennis Seencamp, and he posts a picture, so you'll have to go to our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. He says, this is what it can look like when it's clear, and he dates it uh, 25th of November of this year. It's a beautiful shot of uh, Cache Valley uh, with clear air. So thanks for that, Dennis. That's what it can look like. Oh, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like, yes. And then this comment from Brian in Benida, Idaho. Uh, He says, I heard this uh, comment about electric vehicles, and I've always wondered how electric vehicles are an alternative for reducing emissions or renewable energy. They're not charged with solar power, but by plugging into an electric outlet where the electricity is generated by coal or natural gas. What does it matter where the pollution is produced? It's still being produced. Uh, so that uh, I think we, we commented on this. You brought that up, Charles, and uh, Jim made that point. Yeah, it's you know he's right. If you're in a coal area, um, you're not making much progress. Uh, however, little by little by little, when the baseline power that uh, municipalities buy becomes more and more renewable, then it absolutely does make a difference. Mm. And he has a second point. This is Brian in Benita, Idaho. He says, also regarding another comment heard earlier, having only two children is not a sustainable option. Except for the migrant populations to European countries, Europe's birth rate is negative, and the U.S. is not far behind. I think he was responding to Gene Loud mm-hmm. there. Anybody want to comment on that one? We've had some debates on this program about how that fits in, uh, population control or not. It doesn't uh, seem to be a problem uh, from mm-hmm. my perspective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're reaching the end of our time. Uh, let me get in just a little bit more of Gene Lowndes' um, uh, email. And by the way, we'll post the entire thing on our website, upr.org, upr.org. Uh, Gene Lowndes, uh, writing to upr.org, or, or upraxis at gmail.com, says, The next largest expense, transportation, live close to work. I'll skip a bit. All uh, other household expenses categories pale in comparison to the big two. Buy solar panels. Prices have dropped precipitously in the past decade. And the federal and state tax breaks cut the cost almost in half. Uh, Don't idle your vehicle. I'm skipping a little bit. Uh, Don't use fast food drive-ups and banks. It's often faster to park and walk to the ATM. Wear winter clothes and not shorts and T-shirt. That's uh, I think she's speaking to our young people there. <laughs> right. So you can stay warm if you need uh, to sit uh, in your vehicle and wait for someone. Sustainability is a very simple mindset, considering your impact on the world and the people who use far less energy and pollute far less than the average American. Uh, so we'll post that entire uh, email on our website, upr.org. Just have one minute left. I'll give the last word to Christina um, Ashurst. You, you've adopted some of these uh, principles. Uh, what's been what's been the effect? Do you think that's had an effect on your emotional life? Made you feel better about about the world? I don't feel any guilt. I guess that's the that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, I that's sure the like the zero escaping you've done. Yeah, it really adds. It, it's just a vibrant solar powered community right there. You know, mm-hmm. maybe give uh, just thirty seconds to. Uh, to Rosalind Brain. Yeah, I agree. It's it's living with less guilt when we are able to engage in these behaviors, and um, they can be quite simple. And I encourage people to look into what the impact they can have with as little change is needed, but that could have a large impact in the longer term. And uh, Jim Goodwin, thirty seconds for you. Well, I think that's true. I I, I think sometimes uh, 
environmental people and sustainability people are viewed as being too earnest all the time, and I think there's some some truth to that. But I think, as Christina has indicated, and Charles and Rosalind is doing all of these things with your hands, creating things uh, at home with your neighbors. It really That's is an emotional stuff. lift. It yeah, really it, is. it's fun. And uh, so why not? I mean, it's it's the best way to go. And Enjoy yourself along the way. You'll feel better. We'll leave it there. We're out of time. Our thanks to uh, Charles Ashers. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And keep comment. Keep the comments coming. We appreciate those. Uh, sure enjoy this station. Yeah, thank oh. you. Christine Ashers, thank you so much. You are welcome. Jim Goodwin, who uh, wears several hats. Uh, one of those I'll mention here, Logan City Renewable Energy and Conservation Advisory Board. Thanks for coming in. You betcha. Go UPR. And uh, Rosalind Brain, who is Sustainable Communities Extension Specialist at USU. Thank thanks you. I really appreciate the show. And uh, for producers uh, Bennett Purser and Katie Swain, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. By the way, tomorrow it's uh, Sherry Quinn with Science Questions, and on Friday our holiday special for Access Utah. Thanks for listening today. Did you know that giving back never goes out of style? Despite all the new toys in stores and fancy holiday apps online, volunteer work remains one of the best ways to spend the season. Try service learning projects with your family this year and make some memories that you'll never want to return. Did You Know That is made possible by the USU Emma Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services. More at cehs.usu.edu. And programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members, and the Cache Valley Center for the Arts presents the Bar J Wranglers, with cowboy stories, jokes, and western harmonies straight from the range, Saturday, December 21st at 1.30 and 7.30 p.m. in the Ellen Eccles Theater. Information at cachearts.org or 435-752-0026. This is Lloyd Berenson, director of the Bear River Health Department. During wintertime inversions, parents often wonder if their child should go outside for recess. Most school principals follow a set of recess guidelines developed by the Utah State Office of Education, the Department of Environmental Quality, and the Utah Department of Health. According to these guidelines, recess activities may be adjusted as the air quality gets worse. Parents should inform the school if they believe their child is part of a sensitive group that should have limited outdoor physical activity when the air quality is poor. It is uncommon for the air quality to be poor enough in Cache Valley to cancel recess for all students. The Bear River Health Department provided this content in response to Utah Public Radio listener questions about air pollution and health for our community engagement reporting project. To join our public insight network and have a say in what we report, go to upr.org. KUSRHD1 Logan, KUSKHD1 Vernal, KUSLHD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KUSUFMHD1 Logan.